It was suggested to me uh, early in 2016, maybe late in 2015, that we, we always invite a national representative to our convention. And it was suggested to me that we ought to maybe get somebody a little younger, a little sexier, a little prettier, a little, uh, a little more attractive than the 60-plus group like me to come as our guest and participate in our conference. And one of the things that I really wanted to discuss um, and have Sarah's input in was how to grow our chapters and how to start attracting younger members. Pinellas Council of the Blind has done an incredible job. I want to thank them for and invite to walk up and say just hello to you all our new White Cane Bulletin editor, Greg Lindbergh, who comes to us from the Pinell Pinellas Council of the Blind. Greg, are you out there? Are you eating cake? Put down your fork. I want to tell you that Greg will be uh, the, the guest of ACB as the DKM uh, winner in July. We are absolutely thrilled that he will be going to national. Um, he is proven in a very short order that he was definitely the right pick. Uh, he, he probably will do better in his anticipated dream, which is to go on the price is right, then he will uh, receive in terms of financial remuneration from FCB. But we give out love and hugs and support, and we're glad to do it to Greg Lindbergh. Greg? Hi, everyone. Uh, I just wanted to thank uh, Jim and uh, the rest of the FCB officers and, uh, of course, the Pinellas Council of the Blind and the officers uh, for giving me this opportunity. I know I'm definitely younger than a lot of people in my chapter, but uh, it's... it's <laughs> no offense, no offense. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, it's just been such a great uh, blessing, I will say, in my life to have the support and have such great opportunities that have just come to fruition so quickly uh, that I never would have imagined to happen that fast or even at all. So uh, again, I just want to thank everyone for their support and I uh, hope you guys like the White Cane Bulletin. <laughs> you know, that's pretty good. I didn't tell him I was going to do that either. I'm I'm uh, I'm sneaky. Um, without further ado, let's let's get Sarah Conrad, who is a first year, just finished her first year of law school, 
at the University of Wisconsin Law School, at attended Calvin College, uh, got her um, bachelor's degree in elementary edu special education, right? And um, decided to go to law school for one reason. She wanted to become, become an advocate for people with special needs. Sarah has an incredible heart, an incredible passion for helping, and I am pleased to welcome and introduce to you all Sarah Conrad. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for inviting me to come here. I have loved getting to know uh, very many of you uh, throughout the last couple of days. I look forward to meeting the rest of you this evening. Um, had a wonderful time um, talking about recruiting younger members um, this morning with Cassandra um, at the membership uh, session. And um, I just want to encourage all of you, um, you are doing a wonderful job. Um, this is um, been such a fun convention. Um, there's so much enthusiasm, so much passion for advocacy and for community here. Um, and I've been just very impressed um, with everyone that I've met here and all of the sessions that I've attended. So when I was asked to speak um, with you this evening, I was asked to kind of share my personal story. A lot of times when we get into advocacy organizations, we talk about legislation and we talk about different policies, we talk about technology, we talk a lot about the everyday things in our lives um, that we want to, um, want to fix as an organization. But often, we don't get to hear each other's personal stories, how involvement in an advocacy organization um, can truly change one's life. And I am blessed to be able to share my story of advocacy with all of you today. However, I, I recognize that my story really isn't significant in itself. I only want to share my story because I want to encourage you um, to figure out what your story of advocacy is. How has ACB and FCB and your local chapters, how have they changed your life? How has attending something like a legisl legislative seminar or working on other local advocacy issues, how has that changed your life? How has advocating for yourself in the workplace or in school or in social situations changed your life? So if you don't remember a word I say this, this evening, that's okay. I just want to encourage you to write and tell your own story of advocacy. So when I think about my life as an advocate, I was really born into a life of advocacy. I was born very early and had a lot of medical issues um, as a preemie. Then shortly after my first birthday, I was diagnosed with cancer. I was diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumor in my optic nerves. I grew up watching my parents advocate for me without even thinking about it. They had no training, no knowledge of 
the insurance processes for getting approvals for chemo for a baby, something that wasn't very common 25 years ago. I watched them advocate to get me services when starting school. I watched them make sure that the local public school would feel comfortable having me attend, even though I was the first um, student who was legally blind to be in mainstream classes in that public school. In about the second grade, I had my first real advocacy experience. I had a gym teacher. I loved gym class. I loved playing with my friends like any other second grader. But I hated my report card because my gym teacher would give me low grades because I couldn't catch a ball. I still can't catch a ball, by the way. Well, I catch it with my nose, but that's not exactly what she was looking for. And uh, I heard someone say that they understand that. Yes, yes, I'm sure you can relate. And I, I remember feeling that the, that wasn't fair. I remember feeling like I was trying my best. I was working on my skills. I still learned how to dribble a ball, how to do different aerobics, how to play kickball, um, just like all of the other kids. And just because I didn't have one skill didn't mean that I didn't work really, really hard and, um, and still learn a lot in that class. So as a second grader, I talked to my teacher for the visually impaired at the time, and, and I said, I really want to educate my teachers. I, I really want to show them what my life is like. So along with my teacher for the visually impaired, I created a book with pictures um, and explanations about my vision, about my cancer, about other medical conditions that impacted my ability to do certain things in school, but also about my abilities um, and how I could still be a successful student. And I was given the opportunity to meet with a lot of my teachers one-on-one, including that gym teacher, to go through that book and explain how my life was different than other second graders, but how it was a really great life and how, how much I loved focusing on my abilities instead of my disability. The next report card came, and my grade went up. And that was my first success in advocacy. But I didn't even know it. You know, I didn't even know what the term advocacy meant. The next year in third grade, we faced another advocacy challenge where I watched my parents um, sharpen their advocacy skills It was decided that because I was achieving um, enough in school that I would be dropped from special education services. Even though I had um, visual reports showing that I was legally blind, they wanted to focus um, on students with multiple disabilities rather than giving me the services in school. And although in the third grade I may not have fallen behind, my parents saw the proactive nature of advocacy I noticed that going into middle school and high school and college, I would need technologies um, and other support from teachers. And so I watched my parents learn about the special education system, learn about their rights, learn about my rights, and advocate for me in order to get me back on services. I needed to advocate for myself a lot throughout um, the rest of grade school, but also observing my parents helped me to learn to advocate not only for myself, but for others. It helped show me that advocacy is helping to make the world better for everyone. But I was unaware of what life would really be like. I met very few people 
um, who were blind, who were successful in life. Most other people that I met who had visual impairments were um, struggling with other disabilities. They weren't college-bound. Um, they weren't necessarily um, going to go to work full-time. Um, they weren't necessarily in the same social circle, circles. So I really had no concept of what it meant to live my life as someone who was legally blind. In fact, I didn't really even consider myself someone who had a disability or um, a visual impairment. I suppose if you had asked me, I, I would have said yes, because I knew about my visual impairment. But I felt like I just kind of grew up like everyone else. And while that was great, because I learned a lot of things that are wonderful in the sighted world, I missed out on a lot of opportunities, opportunities to grow in my identity as someone with a disability, and opportunities to advocate with others. So when I graduated from high school, I got involved in ACB. I had never heard of ACB before that time. I applied for a college scholarship and was blessed to receive the scholarship before entering my freshman year at Calvin College. I went to the first convention. It was here in Florida, in Orlando. And um, I met such amazing people. I got to jump right in, join the ACB walk. I got to join the student group. I met people who were successful in so many different areas of life, whether they were stay-at-home parents or business executives, attorneys, teachers, and everything in between. As I got more and more involved in the student organization, was president for three years of that group and got involved in my local chapter back in Michigan, I found that it was easier to transition um, as I had mentors along the way. I learned about important technology that I had never used before. Before starting college, I had never used a screen reader. I had never even been shown how to use a magnifier on a computer. I just kind of muddled through like everyone else all through grade school. But I learned technology that made school possible for me, and not just possible, but made the possibility of grad school um, a reality. I learned how to navigate the awkwardness of social life. Well, all college social life is awkward, but I learned how to, um, how to walk into a room and be confident, even though I couldn't see who was there or find my friends. I learned um, that there were other people who could empathize with those struggles and talk through some of those issues. I also learned a lot about transportation. Growing up, there was no public transportation in my county, and so I didn't know what it was like. I didn't know what paratransit was, um, and I had hardly had any experience with bus systems and things like that. And so through ACB um, and the various affiliates and chapters, I was able to learn how to be fully independent. My lifestyle finally matched my naturally independent attitude. Then I studied special education. In college, I mainly um, was advocating for students with intellectual disabilities. This was very different than the advocacy that I was able to do in ACB. Because in special education, I was advocating for students who literally had no voice. I realized that advocating for myself was great, but when I could advocate for other people who truly could not advocate for themselves, I could make life better for them. I met parents who could not advocate for their children because they couldn't learn about the advocacy process. They themselves had various disabilities. 
I met teachers who struggled to advocate for their students because of a lack of resources. I met administrators who didn't know how to support their special education programs as they tried to support all of the other programs in their schools. It was through ACB and through these um, examples in my, my student teaching that I learned that I had such a passion for advocacy. I learned that all of those steps throughout my life, um, learning to advocate for myself and watching others advocate for me, could be used to advocate for others. I continued to have help while on this advocacy journey through mentors in ACB. Particularly, I met quite a few lawyers who were blind who encouraged me to go to law school. I always knew that I wanted to advocate. I knew that while I loved special education and I loved teaching, I couldn't let go of those advocacy issues. I couldn't let go of the faces of my students when I thought about how hard life will be for them. Students who I know are just sitting at home because they don't have transportation, they don't have jobs, and they're in a world that doesn't accept them. So I had to figure out my identity as an advocate. I had to figure out what it means to be a person with a disability in a world that isn't fully accessible to myself or to others. I had to deal with the negative stereotypes that we in the blindness community face every single day. Dealing with people who don't believe that people with differences can succeed, or probably more often people who are ignorant of our abilities. I had to realize that my abilities and my passions are greater than any of my disabilities. So I'm here today, finishing my first year of law school, and about to start my dual degree to get my master's in public policy while in law school. And I still have to continue to advocate. One thing that I've learned is that advocacy is not a stagnant process. We always have to continue advocating for ourselves and for others. Now that I have the support of friends and mentors in ACB, I'm able to succeed each day. I also get to participate in hands-on advocacy here in ACB and back in Madison. I'm the, the student manager of an unemployment appeals clinic where each week we meet with people who have been denied unemployment benefits for various discriminatory reasons. And I get to advocate for them in hearings. I'm the president of a student organization called the Children's Justice Project that focuses on how the justice system can sometimes negatively impact children and focuses on helping children to grow up in a world where they um, know their rights and know how to stay safe. I'm also the advocacy chair for our Society of Education, Law, and Policy, where we work directly um, with school systems and attorneys to represent students in expulsion hearings, noticing the different disparities represented in expulsions each year. But everyone in our, in our community, as we know, experience discrimination day to day. It doesn't matter if you are um, a leader in a group or a member in a group or not even involved in a group at all. We all experience um, personal discrimination. I want to share a story with you. I was walking out of my last law school exam on Wednesday. I was really excited thinking about coming here, and I, I felt so on top of the world. I decided to um, order an Uber 
to come pick me up so that I could get home and pack. Um, and I was feeling so wonderful about my advocacy journey um, because I had just finished this very, very tough year of school. And when I got into the Uber, I was denied my ride because I have a seeing eye dog. It's a common problem that a lot of people face. I've, I've faced it, of course, before. And all of the other times, I have been able to convince the driver to still give me a ride. Um, I have explained the law in a way that he or she understood and was able to get on my way and with a simple report to Uber, was able to resolve the solution. However, this instance escalated, and I felt physically threatened. And so I was unable to um, stand my ground in that situation. And I am resolving the issue with Uber, but I, I give that example to say that you could have all kinds of experience in advocacy, but there is always work to do. I went home and I told some of my friends who are also law students about that, and they were upset. And I said, you know, I don't feel upset. I feel refreshed because I realize that there is always work to do. It made me feel more energized um, and more passionate than ever about advocacy. And every time you face those issues in your own life, whether it's in work or in transportation or wherever, I hope that you feel energized too to share your advocacy story. The reality is that advocacy matters. Advocacy for you, advocacy for others, and advocacy for the world. We here in America, it's not perfect, but we have it pretty good. There are a lot of people who struggle um, to have access to education, to transportation, to employment, all around our world. People are generally just uneducated or ignorant about disabilities. They just don't realize that we have abilities that go far beyond any disability. So what does advocacy look like for you? Maybe it's self-advocacy in your job or in social situations. Maybe it's advocating for those around you. If you are a parent or a teacher or you have friends or siblings with other disabilities or maybe how your friends and siblings advocate for you. It's local advocacy with your local municipalities and your legislature, as I've seen at, with your legislative seminar yesterday. It's national advocacy representing on the Hill. Advocacy makes a difference. We've seen how it's made a difference in accessibility to, to prescription drug labels, how we're encouraging more for um, special education and low vision devices. Advocacy truly can make a difference. It's an opportunity for you to educate others about blindness and disability. However, before I close, I want to remind you and myself what advocacy is not. Advocacy is not being a walking billboard for blindness. You shouldn't feel like it's a burden. You shouldn't feel like you always have to answer every single question that anyone ever asks you. You shouldn't feel like if you're put into a situation that might be dangerous, you shouldn't feel like you have to educate that individual. You should realize that you are a person like anyone else with strengths and struggles like anyone else. just happens to be that our disabilities have a label. Advocacy is also not getting burned out. 
as Dan and I were talking here at the table about some of the struggles within leadership, it can be so easy to get so passionate about something and then see it not happen. Maybe it's a legislative imperative. Maybe it's um, a goal that you have at work. Whatever that is, I encourage you not to get burnt out because advocacy, whether you see it right away or not, builds. It's something that takes time. It's something that all those little pieces throughout your life come together as an advocacy story. And one other thing that advocacy is not, as I said, it's not stagnant. It has to continue. It needs the motivation of a wonderful group like FCB to continue it. So I encourage you to tell your story wherever you are. Apply for that job that you're nervous about applying for because you wonder if that boss will you know, accept you because of your disability. Take that trip that you've always wanted to take, even though you're a little bit nervous about how the transportation is going to work out. Go ahead and educate your family and friends when they do something really dumb that makes you really upset. Explain why that makes you upset or, or why that didn't work. Advocate for someone else whenever you see someone in need, whether it's someone within the blindness community, someone with other disabilities, or someone with no apparent disability at all. Negotiate that issue that you're wondering about, that thing that you just can't get off your mind. And seek help from others in every step of the way. Why? Because every time you advocate for yourself or others, you help make the world better for generations of people with disabilities for years to come. Thank you. What an incredible story. We are so blessed. Thank you, Sarah. <clears throat> I'm, only, uh, I'm only jealous and envious because it took me till I was in eighth grade to go to my phys ed teacher and complain about the C pluses that I was getting in <laughs> phys ed. So she's a six years ahead of me, see? Does anybody have one or two quick questions? Okay, um, <clears throat> the next thing we're going to do is get you all in the auctioning mood because, you know, those items out there are waiting for some higher bids. So what we're going to do is we're going to auction three items here from the podium, and you have a special treat because our dinner entertainment guest speaker has agreed that she's a damn good auctioneer and she's going to prove it. <laughs> Are you and her going together? Yeah, we're going to do it together. Yeah, okay. Dan and uh, Sarah, which one do you want to do first? Uh, we're going to talk about the pearls first and then we're going to get past. I think we're going to get past. Pass the pearls? Pass the pearls. 
got yeah. them. Is, Pat, have you got them? Or? No, they're in my hand. They're in your hand. Okay. Hold on a minute. Okay. Sure, hold it. How do I get this off? I got it. <clears throat> Do we have some sighted individuals to look for people raising hands or anything? Or? Oh, they'll yell it out. Okay. Yeah, okay. All right. Okay. Hello, everyone. We have, we have three items that we're going to uh, do a live auction on tonight. The first one is a lovely set of Hanora. Oh, I'm so terrible at this. Hanora pearls which were donated by the Manatee chapter. And Mikey's going to bring them around for everybody to take a look at. Mikey, do you want to give him a brief description, or you want me to give it? He's walking around. Okay, he's walking around. They're, they're an 18-inch 18 18-inch 18 necklace of pearls. They're freshwater pearls with silver. So I'll just give you that much, and then you can... You can, if you want to see them, please raise your hand, and Mike, you'll take them around and get everybody a chance to see them. While those are going around, we're going to auction our second item, which is a lovely pink uh, afghan that was crocheted by our one and only special person from Pinellas Chapter, Sharon Young. So we're going to turn it over to our auctioneer. Sharon does a lovely job of these. They're handmade. I'm holding it up. Do we want to pass that around too, or what do you think? Uh, it's an afghan. It's, it's a beautiful anger afghan. Beautiful pink afghan. It's an octagon shape. It's multiple colors of pink with white. So, could everybody hear that okay? Okay. It's an octagon-shaped octagon uh, afghan, that's easy to say, uh, with multiple shades of pink and white. So, primarily for a, uh, I guess, a, a, a young baby girl or, uh, or it's too big for a baby. So, it's for a grown uh, woman. <laughs> so if anybody like to see that, please, please, we're going to pass that around a little bit. Raise your hand. And now, while that's going around, the third item I don't believe needs to be passed around, and we're going to bid on that item first. It is a two-night stay here at the Lexington Resort. Uh, it's good between the time we leave the convention and the end of May of 2017. It's good on both weekdays and weekends. It covers two nights stay here plus valet parking. So for those of you, <laughs> for those of you, if you get here by car, you have free valet parking. Uh, the only restrictions are certain blackout weekends, I think like the Florida-Georgia game, those type of things. But generally, it's available anytime based on availability. It's a two-night stay, regular room rates. It's valued at $399 for the two-night stay plus parking. So we're going to turn that over to Sarah and start the bidding. Let's start maybe at $50 and go from there, Sarah. 
All right. And contrary to popular belief, I do not have auctioneer scales, so uh, bear with me. Do we have a starting bid of $50? $50? All right. Um, can I hear for 100 Oh, 55 All right. How about 75 Anyone 75 all right, 75. How about 100? Anyone for 100? We got 100. All right, how about 125? 125? It's almost a $400 value. 125, anyone? 125. How about 150? 150? Anyone? 150? All right, we've got 150. How about 175? It's a great deal. 175. We've got 150. How about 175? Who has the bid at 150? Carl. All right. Carl has it for 150. Do we hear anyone for 175? 175. All right. 150. Carl, on. 150 going once. Don't let him have it for that cheap. Come on. 150 Carl. going twice. What was that? 200. 200? Who said 200? Who said 200? Who said 200? Gene. All right. So we've got 200. Do I hear 225? Anyone? 225. Come on, Carl. Come on. It's still a great deal. 225, anyone? We've got 200 going once. Going twice. Sold for 200. Yes, Leslie. Yes. Also, if, in case you didn't hear that, <laughs> you also can pay by credit card. We do have the iSquare available, so don't be shy. All right. Has everybody seen the Afghan at this point in time? Are, okay. All right. We're going to go ahead and auction off the lovely pink Afghan. Personally crocheted by Sharon Youngs. Starting bid, $50. Go ahead. All right. This beautiful Afghan. Do I hear a start for 50 Got 50 All right. Do I hear 75 anyone? 75 All right. How about 100 Beautiful blanket. Nice gift. So we have 75 How about 100 How about 100 Who do we have for 75 Marcy, all right. How about 80? Anyone, 80? We're at 75. How about 80? Oh, we got 80. How about 85? Anyone, 85? $100, come on. I think we just got a bit up here. You got to be careful with this thing. All right, so we have 80. How about 85? 85, anyone? We got 85? Who was at 85? Shout it out if you're at 85. I don't think we were at 85. I think we were at 80 and we were looking for 85. All right, who do we have for 80? All right, we have 80 going once, going twice. Sold. You got a wonderful deal there, Leslie Spoon. 
<laughs> All right, we've got one more item left. Has everybody had a chance to see the Hanoa, Hanoia, hi, yeah, Hanora <laughs> pearls? My goodness, you can tell I don't buy a lot of jewelry. Has everybody seen them? They're lovely, yes. Yes. Yes, there is a second afghan that Sharon made uh, that is available. Uh, it's for out there at the silent auction, so if you didn't get this one, please please put your bid in for the other afghan, okay? So, it's a lovely blue one. Black and green. See, I'm colorblind. <laughs> As well. <laughs> All right. Has everybody had a chance to see the pearls? I think so. All right. Take it away, Sarah. Let's start at 50 again. Yeah. All right. Let's, how about start at 50 for these beautiful pearls? $50, anyone? I couldn't hear. All right. So we've got 50. How about 75? 55? All right. We've got 55. Oh, 75. Sorry. You got to yell out. All right. We've got 75. How about 100? Nice present for a woman in your life. 100, anyone? We've got 75. How about 100? Or we've got 75. How about 80? 80, anyone? All right, we've got 75. Who is 75? $100 from the president. Oh, we got $100. You're not going to let him away with it, right? Do I hear 105? 105. Anyone, 105. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Is that your style? Okay. All right. We've got 100 going once. Oh, 105. Oh, maybe that's his style. Okay. We've got 105. Do we hear 110? 110. Oh, we got 110. All right, how about 115, 115? 115? Ah. All right, so we've got 110 going once. 110 going twice. Sold for 110. Thank you so much, Sarah. And just real quickly, I have to tell you, I got the chance to meet Sarah in 2012 when both of us ran for the ACB board for the first time. And it, you get to really know somebody when you go from caucus to caucus to caucus uh, and you go through the ACB election process. But the thing I will never forget about Sarah Conrad is on Tuesday night, we got to go to the Friends and Art Showcase. And here's Sarah... The age of 21, she's running for the board. She goes out to do her song in front of 500 people in the showroom, and the music stopped. And they couldn't get the music started. And they couldn't get the music started. Finally, Sarah says, give me the mic. And she sang the song a cappello with no musical accompaniment. Sarah Conrad has guts. And tenacity. Thank you, Sarah. You know, it's 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 ironic that Dan would sing it again, Sarah. I think I've done enough. 
All right, we'll let Sarah wait till next year. Unless somebody wants to bid those pearls up a little bit more. Come to the Friends in Art in Minneapolis, maybe. All right. Um, let me see. What else do I have to accomplish? How about a door prize? Cassandra, are you here? I don't hear you. I don't think that means the door prize, guys. What? All right, no door prize. Would we like to do that, the GDUF raffle? All right, who's going to do that? To buy what? Oh, all right, we need to hold off on the GDUF raffle. They're still selling raffle tickets. They need to buy them from Doug Hall, who's up at the head table. Remember, I introduced him. He's uh, sitting over to the right of Mikey Wiseman. He's got a whole stack of them up here. And Kathleen Trutchell has some. Where are you sitting, Kathleen? Okay, so we're in business. We're going to sell some more of those raffle tickets. And I think um, I wanted to make one other announcement. I told you all when I introduced Greg that he's going to Minneapolis. We have another one amongst us who's going to Minneapolis on ACB's ticket. And that's our own very special, dear, sweet, wonderful advocate, Miss Sheila Young. I want to thank you for being a great audience. I want to thank you for cleaning your plates. I want to thank you for eating cake. I want to thank you for making Sally Benjamin cry. It's been a wonderful banquet. Now, remember... 7 o'clock comes mighty early, and we're going to be there at 6.45 to 6.50 just to help it go smoothly. I was. What? The problem is you weren't here. Do you have a door prize? No door prize. What? Oh, okay. You got a door prize? It's yoga. Yeah, yoga. Um, nope. Do you guys want a door prize before you leave? Okay, so I have two beginning yoga CDs. You guys, those are fun because... They actually tell you what you're supposed to do without running away with it. So, um, Doug says he has a question for me, so I'm going to let him tell me what it is. You're supposed to check with Crotch. Oh, was it 14 or not? Yeah. Well, yeah, you're saying it out loud. No, I'm not saying it out loud. 
Okay, so my question is this, and Mr. Crot has the answer to it, so he's going to know. Our uh, speakers today told us how many counties had the Artemark? What was it? The what? The express vote. Who knows that? Did Janet say nine first? Did Janet say nine first? Okay. Give it to Janet Atchison. All right. Way to go. All right. Janet's in the back. Has it been a fun banquet? You know what? The night's not over yet. We got a silent auction humming along out there waiting for you all who wouldn't buy the pearls to put your money up and buy out the silent auction. Now, we got music coming. We got raffle drawing tickets. We got more fun than you can shake a stick at. So hang around, visit, enjoy each other's company, laugh, love, and be happy. And I'll see you all bright and early at the business meeting tomorrow morning. They do the drawing at 10. And that concludes the banquet. Hold on. Are you ready for the GDUF drawing? Is that what you're telling me? Who's going to do it? Come on up here, whoever's going to do it. Let's go, guys. We've got to hurry. Okay. Here you go. Okay, we're reaching in and we're going to draw the winning ticket. And it's going to be Jim Crott. It's going to be Jim Crott. We'll let you pick one. Let me pick one. I'm going to pick one. Do you, th do you think I should pick this one that's got gum on it in here? <laughs> How about the one that's ripped in half? Oh. All right, we got more tickets. Come on, guys. Uh, Doug. We ready? All right. I'm going to look for that one with the gum again. Yuck, I got to go wash my hands. I have the winning ticket here. There is a little problem. I can't read it. Who's going to read this ticket? There you go. Thank you. Nine, 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 sixty-three. Read the name. Oh, yeah. Okay. Dan Spoon. Oh! I guess I know what Leslie's going to be doing with Dan in a few weeks. All right. Congratulations. Enjoy your hotel stay. Party hardy. Enjoy. I think the drawing's scheduled on the program for 10 p.m. for the raffle.
Good night, everybody. Please hold all tickets. It's a photo finish. Oh, geez. Ready, John? Thought I heard somebody say, all right. Okay, are we ready? Boy, I know I am. All right. Um, First of all, I want to uh, uh, thank all these uh, chapters, all you guys who uh, sold tickets. Uh, I'm hoping I can stay up late enough to crunch all these numbers and give you a full report tomorrow. We'll see how that goes. Um, uh, I also want to mention that um, I know I had put it out via email, and I know there's several chapters who don't have really much with email, but um, uh, I'd really like it if next year um, you give me the total number of ticket stubs you're turning in, uh, along with the check number and the amount. Uh, I didn't get very many total number of tickets sold, so that means I got a lot of math <laughs> throughout the night, all right? Because I like a nice and accurate report. Um, we are going to start off with the uh, big prize tonight, okay? And that is $1,000, and then we have five. $100 prizes, and then uh, we've got a, uh, a prize donated by the greater, greatest, pretty cool, Orlando Council of the Blind, all right? 25 bucks cash, all right? Now, uh, I... 50. 50? Oh, geez, okay. Wow, man, you mean I spent it already? Geez. Um, before I do this, uh, I thought there were other chapters who were going to donate prizes. I thought I'd heard it, but that's all I've received, so... If, if you, you, you want to bring up a prize, last chance. All right, let's get this started. I'm going to dig in and tear up my hands, and I'm going to pull out a winner. Would you guys be upset if it was me? I hope not. Somebody give me a drum roll. All right. We have one ticket here. Sir, please, who is that? Jim Cron. Okay. Hang on, where's the mic? There we go. It is Miss Trista Guess. Seriously. Seriously. She there was no uh no address on it. Do you know her? Yes, she's my co-worker. Oh, from what town? What town? Where? All right, let's give uh let's give her a big hand. All right, and uh That's pretty cool. All right, we're now going to go with the $100 prizes. Okay. Where's she from? All right, put that in there. Where was she from? Daytona? Wow. All right. No, let me put that on my recorder. Bear with me, guys. i got to put this information on my recorder. Trista, yes. Yes. First prize, $1,000. Trista Guest from Daytona Beach. Okay. All right, here we go. We're mixing them up. Another drum roll. And we have one ticket here. And the winner, please. Ricardo from Florida. Got a last 
All we can read here is a Ricardo from Hylia, Florida. Uh, if anybody's pretty good with Spanish names, maybe come up here. <laughs> uh, it's all I have right now. Uh, my sighted person here is telling me Ricardo from Miami, Florida. We're having a hard time making out the last name. Is there an address? Hang on. 2993 West 80th Street. Apartment 16. All right, well, we'll have our, uh, 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 our crack uh, deciphers figure this out. And, but let's give this guy a hand anyway, 100 bucks. <laughs> Ricardo, last name unknown, Hylia, uh, Florida, second prize, 100 bucks. Okay, we're going in for third prize, $100 again, drum roll. Okay, we have one ticket there. Winner is Elizabeth Well, here we got another uh, hard to figure out. It's Elizabeth Boybra from Orlando, Florida. I'm, I'm butchering the name. Who? We got one? All right, okay. Yeah, I believe that's it. Give me the address. $100. Yeah, what is it? 900 Emerald Road in Orlando. Does that ring a bell? Okay, all right. Marcy Scott, are you in here? You're wanted outside. You're wanted outside. Who needs a mic, huh? All right, what do we have? Fourth prize. Let me announce it. Okay, here we go. Fourth prize. Another drum roll. Why is there half an uneaten sub in here? Here's Marcy. Marcy did not win here. Marcy is wanted outside. Yeah. Outside. Okay. Oh. Uh, yeah, now you got to pay. What is it? Oh, okay. Hey, Eugene from Clearwater, you in here? Because you want 100 bucks, man. Eugene, yeah. Are you here? Is he here? Oh, well, go somebody, somebody tell him, hey, get in there. You won 100 bucks. All right. 
Oh, okay. What is it? All right, it's marked on there, so you can just read it to me. All right, let's set this, uh, set this right here. No, no, no. I, we we mail them the prizes. Yeah. I might. I'll probably if there's if all his number is just on it's just a number on there. I call them to confirm their ad, uh, mailing address and get Linda mails out the check. All right. Uh, what was that? Okay. Who wrote your name? Okay, uh, what are we at? Number five. All right, five. Fifth prize here, 100 bucks. Should I take one more? Ah, oh, wow. Okay, we got one, one ticket here. It's got a label on it. We have Evelyn Kelly from Riviera Beach, Florida. Come on down. Evelyn Kelly from Beach, Florida. Look at that. Evelyn Kelly, Riviera Beach, Florida. Uh, fifth prize, $100. Okay. This is the last uh, big money prize here. So if you ain't won yet, man, start rubbing that, that your lucky rabbit. Drum roll, come on. Okay. Got one ticket here. Where is Jim? Oh, okay. What's the first name? Sandy Franskoliak. From where? From Cameron. Cream. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Wait, where am I? This last one is a long-distance winner. Uh, Sandra, what was it? Franskobiak from the beautiful sunshine state of New Jersey. <laughs> I thought that was funny. All right, now we got a couple of uh, uh, cash prizes. Oh, okay. Uh, we're going to mail your stuff. I'll give you a call to confirm your uh, mailing address, and uh, you've won $100. Okay? okay? All right. Um, what was I going to say? Hey, uh, we got uh, two prizes donated from uh, a couple of great chapters. Uh, of course, GOCB and, uh, was that Pinellas? Both? Who just gave me? From where? Yeah, Pinellas, right? Yeah, I think it was Pinellas. All right. I uh, uh, want to give them guys a big round of thanks. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, give them a round of applause, man. All right? All right. Um, first one is uh, GOCB. Help me, Sheila. 50 bucks, right? All right, $50. $50, all right? All right, uh, how about a drum roll? Okay, we got one ticket. Feels like it's got a label. Oh. Hey, you want to hear something funny? 
What would you do if I said Leslie and Dan Spoons won that thing? Uh, <laughs> hey, Dan or Leslie, you won 50 bucks from your chapter. <laughs> Did they hear me out there? <laughs> okay, the next one is uh, 25 bucks from uh, uh, Pinellas uh, chapter. How about a drum roll? Come on, this is the last one. You got to do better than that. Okay, the final winner. It's, it's, I think it's got a label on it. No, it's folding in half. Who marked their ticket? Monica Allen. From? No city, no state. All right, how about Monica Allen? There's no city or state on it, so we'll have to call her. Miami does 305. Uh, it's a 305, so it's from Miami, Miami. Uh, what was the name again? Monica Allen. Monica Allen. Okay, that's all we got tonight, folks. Thank you very much. Thank you. Party hardy, but please don't forget opening session. Oh, yeah, don't forget uh, tomorrow morning. What time is it, Jim? Yeah. What's that? Oh, yeah, we got the silent auction results coming, right? Is that it? I think we did that. Oh, wait. Hang on, hang on. How much was it? Uh, I think this is it. This is a $25 card, right? Right? Is it? Oh, it's not marked? Hmm. All right. Um, Okay, so all the tickets still right. Yeah, they're not in the thing? Yeah, got it. Okay, but they're not inside, right? Yeah, put them in the bag. What are these? Oh, this is, okay. He said, that's the other side. Okay, so even the uh, the last two, the guitars? Okay, good deal. Hey, what's your name? Walter. Walter, thank you so much, man. I really, I really appreciate it. Can I ask you Right. Good job, Mike. All right. Thank you very much. Somewhere. I think that'll do it for tonight's festivities. Tomorrow morning at 8.30. We're going to have the business meeting at 8.30. So that gives you a little breathing time. Eastern Daylight Time. Did I get that on my recorder?
I forgot to put the last 